All right, folks. Welcome back to another episode of the Movie Fellas. We're back on our Friday Thirteenth retrospective. Yes, folks, that's true. We've decided to review the entire series. It's gonna be a long and epic journey, Nick. How do you feel about this? I feel like you hate me. I thought that was the name of the podcast. As I hate you, you say it so much. I I tried. It was already copyrighted. I couldn't do it. Oh. Do you know how many Friday Thirteenth movies there are? Do you know what we're in store for here? How many weeks? How many episodes? How many hockey mask killings we're in store for? Well, first, I do have a question. Uh, we don't have to revisit Friday Thirteen, uh, Freddy vs. Jason, right? No, you'll be spared Freddy vs. Jason, folks, if you okay. want to hear that. That's in the archives. In fact, I would recommend it because that was a rant like Nick has never done before and may never do again. Probably never do again unless we do The Village. Then so. that'll probably be a rant on advertising more than the movie itself, but... Mental note, first episode after Friday 13th series... The village. We're um, done with Shawland for the year. <laughs> you know right. what? You do that to me, I will make. We will do Midnight Mass. Why? You know what? Apostle. Never seen it, but feel like I probably. Well, Ritual is more of a creature feature. Apostle is now on our list. That's your list. I don't have that list. All right. We're, it's on. And our I don't. List. I don't want that list. You want that list. That list comes that list comes to my email. It's going the junk mail and then deleted. Not only you, you'll appreciate. The subtlety of the horror along with the not-so-subtle brutality of this damn cult in Apostle. It's brutal. Yeah, it's going to be brutal to watch it. A lot of fight scenes are also brutal in this movie. Watching it, I'm going to feel it's going to be brutal watching it. That's true. Anyways, when we last caught up with our sackhead buddy, he was... Well, hell, we don't even need to worry about catching up because this movie does it for us. Now, how about we just meet Errol and Edna? No, you will not... Ignore the recap. Yes, I will the ignore first, the recap. The first 10 minutes of the movie are the last 10 minutes of part two. And we don't need to see <laughs> that because we already established Muffin survived. Okay, sure. But you know who survived? Fucking Jason. Yeah. Because Jenny just left him there. And let me give some quick background. The original story pitch for the movie was actually Jenny in the hospital recovering. And Jason would somehow come... To the mental hospital? So I guess Jenny is Jason's sister. Jason has the same curse as Michael Myers. He has the curse of Thorn on him. I hope not. <laughs> but. That would explain a lot. That would have established some nicely done continuity for the series. And instead of that, they said, hey, what about that 3D gimmick? This is 1982. There was 3D in the Jaws 3D movie. It wasn't very good. It's actually the most hated Jaws movie in the franchise. But they said, hey. Well, Let's put Jason in 3D. 3D uh, Jaws the Revenge, or was that part four? I think that was part three. Part three was Revenge. Okay, never mind. Yeah. 3D back in 1982, not too sophisticated, as we'll see in the movie. Not not too much... Um, Subtlety? This is not uh, Marvel 3D, watching the Avengers in theaters and IMAX in 2020. Well, for one, Marvel didn't even... I don't, I don't think Marvel did 3D for that, did they? A lot of Marvel movies were in 3D, that's all I'm saying. Since when?! I never did you watched mi- it in 3D. Did you miss the whole 3D like bonanza where all the movies I were coming out in 3D? I literally just saw Doctor Strange multiverse movie, and it was not in 3D, madam. First of all, don't call me a madam, right? <laughs> I'm not licensed to be a madam, right? Uh, secondly, yeah, they stopped now, but there was a good 10-year period where everything was in fucking 3D. Captain America wasn't. Yeah, but Captain Pakistan was. You didn't see that one, did you? Because you weren't paying attention. If you were, you could have saw Captain Pakistan in 3D, and you know what? He would have kicked Captain America's ass. No, because now, now, 
Jensen Ackles is Soldier Boy. Oh my God. Let's talk about Edna from Friday Thirteenth Part Three. She wasn't that cute. I think she was. Well, I guess. Did you see those her... hair curls? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of curls. Because Crystal Lake is so big, Jason, wandering from the scenery of Part Two, somehow ends up at this convenience store where Edna and her husband Harold are living peacefully and just living their life, mind their business, but now Jason has shown up in her backyard where she's dry cleaning her clothes. I got I got the, the real horror of this scene is not Jason, is the fact that this man can take a dookie, pull up his pants, and walk around normally. Look, he sensed death in the air. He knew he was going to die three minutes later, so it wasn't really important. It, it, is, it does suck for the coroner who's going to have to examine the body. But in the short term, for Harold's own sake, it didn't really matter. Anyway, and then his wife, you know, hearing a small commotion, goes to look, finds a rat, and then gets stabbed in the back of the head. Now, I gotta say, of my many complaints about the movie, I think this is a pretty good opening scene. I mean, it's, there's some suspense built there. The only thing I don't have an, I have an issue with is the very obvious 3D in your face bullshit. Well, that's going to be throughout the whole movie. Yeah. So we, I, that, that's going to be a complaint no matter what. I do like that they showed a news report on the TV actually naming Ginny, which my only problem is if you're going to do that, then like bring, bring her back in the series. You're making it known that she's a survivor and then you never hear from her again. It's like just which either, also, either move on, but don't give us that little. Which also they say they don't announce the names of the other characters because, you know, they did. I'm just thinking, so you announce the name of the survivor when the killer is still on the loose. Not only that, but historically, the last survivor was Alice, and Jason came back and fucked her up like six months later. <laughs> exactly. So, so, like, if I'm Ginny, I'm thinking, hey, this happened before with Jason. She better not come back to Crystal Lake to get over her mental issues later on. No, she's probably still in the mental hospital. See, I don't think she... Because she... You know what? No, I, I don't think she went crazy, though. You know what? Her asking for Paul doesn't mean she's crazy. Actually, no. I, I figured out the next this new theory. Okay. The reason why Paul is nowhere to be found and why there was only eight bodies and not or eight dead and not nine is because Paul was a figment of Jenny's imagination. Ah. She was already insane. She was already crazy. Being attacked by a serial killer did, definitely did not help. And all the stuff Paul did, she actually did. She is superhuman. She has multiple personality disorder. So she's in the hospital for the rest of her fucking life. I think that the, everything you just said is bullshit. <laughs> and it's a discredit to Ginny, who is like the most level-headed, strongest female character in the entire series. Like, that was a sassy girl with a head on her shoulders. And that's why I don't even buy that she went insane now. Just wait until you meet Chris. Well, that's what I'm saying. Now, Chris, I, I, Chris I'm going to actually be like, okay, well, maybe she went insane after the events that we're about to go through. But Ginny, I feel like, was a strong character. I think most fans would have liked to have seen her come back. I don't know what the story is. They're not coming back, but they went in a different direction, and she didn't come back. But I guarantee you they probably threw some kind of Easter egg in that Friday 13th game that neither of us played. Yeah. Because they did something like that with Trish. Given <clears throat> the story, it's like you can only bring them back if – Jason's following them to like a hospital. There's no reason for her to come back and be at Crystal Lake for the next movie. So it's like you'd have to take Jason out of Crystal Lake and blah blah blah. So But she has to face her fears and she has to That find worked out Paul. so well for Alice. And she has to find Paul. My theory that Paul is actually a figment of her imagination is correct, sir. 
in the list of your worst theories, right, there was the, the Tremors-Predator connection, and now something has superseded that. Something has taken over number one on the list. And it's this motherfucking Paul is a figment of imagination theory. All right? You're welcome. I saw Paul fight Jason in a fist fight. That was her well, imagination fighting Jason? For one, it was a slap fight. Because not it was a physical a punch. struggle slash alteration. And two, it wasn't Paul. It was Jenny fighting Jason there, holding her own against Jason in a physical fight. Because Jason was like actually struggling. So yes. Well, let's move on. I don't have time for this nonsense. <laughs> well, right? since we got past Edna's death and Harold's, Harold's gooey booty death, gooey booty. <laughs> Never say that again, please. <laughs> gooey booty. Nobody should ever speak those words. We now get to meet our cast of very likable, very nice, and understandable characters. Mm. The names are Chris, very original. No one's ever been named Chris in their whole life. Andy, again, another very, very serious name for such a serious movie. Shelly, probably the best name in all movies ever made. Vera, your your crush even to this day everybody's crush everybody should like her debbie you know the the sister from wild thornberries chili because who doesn't like a good chili cheese dog oh god i think chili has to be a nickname i'm guessing and chuck because chuck and chili just go together exactly i have a complaint about a lot of the friday 30th 30th movies and it's a complaint about many horror movies though and i always pick up on this i'm always like there's always a group of friends my, yes. My biggest thing is always, does this group fit together in a way where you could actually see them becoming friends and hanging out? And Friday Thirteen movies are specifically bad about really always having a random group of stereotypes who you're just thinking, like, how are these people friends? And this particular group is mostly okay, but... These stoners, Chuck and Chili, yeah. look like they're 20 years older than the teens. How? What? Bet they're actually Andy's parents. They're someone's parents. Those are not... Okay, you have a cast of teens. Those are not teens. Those people are in their 40s or late 30s. It makes no sense. They're in the back of the van. And also, by the way, when the van is smoking and Chris is like... Or someone's like, the van's on fire. Did they just forget that there's stoners in the back seats smoking up? Would that make you know, more sense? You know what would have made more sense? If they say, you know, van's on fire, they open it up and see Chuck and Chili and go... Who the hell are you? He's like, uh, hey guys, want some weed? He's like, okay, we'll take them with us. That would have made a little bit more sense because, yeah, they acted like there's nobody in that van when they said, oh, the van's on fire. Maybe these are just two characters randomly added before the, when the script was finally finished. What I feel bad for, actually, is Vera's mom because it took me back to when I was a kid and the doorbell rang and my mom came and opened the door and... There was four white people outside, four white people. And they were like, hey, we want to take Vic to the camp, to stay at a camp, a, a lake. You're not white. I hate you. <laughs> and my mom in her Pakistani language, basically in the language, was like, no. And I didn't go. I just listened to my mom and was like, up, ah, have fun at the lake. Now, this is why Vera's mom is so like hesitant. She knows that they want to go swimming and skinny dipping so and do all this Vera's dumb shit. So Vera's mom and your mom are friends? You don't even know the, know the fun in the story, right? They went to the lake without me, right? Those white people that came to my door were never seen again. They never came back. I never saw them again. They were trying to sneak you out, and then your mom got a hold of them in the middle of the night. No, they died at the lake. Somebody killed them. Your mom. You know, whatever. 
My mom's not Mrs. Voorhees, all right? <laughs> my, my point is that Vera's mom is just like, hey, yes, maybe not. To be fair, Shelly may not be 100% white. He may be a troll, maybe a goblin. I want to give Shelly some advice there because... Going up to a random Hispanic woman in a mask is not the best introduction to yourself. Yeah, but the one thing he has one first impression to make, and the one thing, if he feels like he's not attractive... The one way you can easily quickly overcome that is by showing supreme self-confidence. So when she's like, you're Shelly? And he's like, sorry, don't apologize to her. You're making yourself look like pathetic, basically. Even if she wasn't attracted physically, if he'd have been like, damn right I'm Shelly, or just something confident or made her laugh in that moment, good first impression. Amelia, he's establishing, this is me, I look like this. Like, no, that's not the way to go because he does almost slowly win her over as the movie goes on, but just first impression here, she could have been on board quicker with him showing confidence here. That's all I'm saying. So I'm assuming you identify very closely with Shelly because you were in this predicament once and it did not work out in your favor because you were not confident. Yes. And then when you realize it was your... You became confident. Well, then Jason killed me. So yes. And then Jason killed you. Yeah. So without so Jason I'm talking killing, to a ghost. Yes. Without Jason <laughs> killing me, I'd have been all right. Something tells me Andy and Shelly, Andy probably likes the type of humor Shelly does. Yeah. You don't get too... I mean, look when Shelly pulled that prank and fell yeah. out of the closet. He knew immediately to like uh, tickle, tickle his him. stomach. Like I said, it, that honestly He's done feels that more like, yeah, they've been friends probably even longer than when they've been roommates. Yeah, so, so okay. So they could just be childhood friends that grew up somewhat differently. Yeah, so. Stayed friends. So my thing is, Andy, the whole ride over there should be should be prepping him like, hey, this is what you need to do. And this is how you need to act, basically. He did when he was walking up to the house. Just don't let the man walk <laughs> up to the house in the damn mask with the fake plastic knife. Come on. Yeah, he should have slapped him upside the head. He's like, take that shit off. Because she's already thinking then, well, and you're a prankster? They get in the van, they go, and... There's some funny stuff happening on the way to the house. Like Psycho Balls. Yes. Our crazy Ralph stand-in, he doesn't have a name, so I'm calling him Psycho Balls. I've warned thee. I've warned thee. So now we get to meet our love interest, very strong, very dashing, sweater vest wearing Rick. Let me ask you a question. I just want to understand. They come to the house, Higgins Haven, which is obviously her family's place. Yes. She gets out the van and walks in. At the door, she notices that the door is open. Yes. And we already have the point of view shot from inside. We know someone's inside. Yes. When she walks in, she knows someone's there. The door is open. But she's acting like very like, somebody here? Did she not know that Rick was meeting them at Higgins Haven? Because common sense for her would be like, hey, maybe that's Rick. But she's like so like, there's somebody here? Why is the door open? Like, why are you surprised? Did well, that, because did that was, make sense to you? Because I'm like, of course it's Rick. It sounds like you made a plan to meet him here. Oh yeah, where the hell was Rick's car at though? <laughs> Shouldn't she have seen Rick's car in the front somewhere? His you little thing. His, his little bugle, circus bugle thing. You think? But uh, anyway, that's maybe a so an error. But yeah, but Rick, we pretty much get to find out he's strong. He's able to pick a human up easily. He's a all this, that, and the other. So we're just thinking, okay, he, so when he shit also goes look, down... He also looks like he's 40. So when shit goes down, he should be able to take care of himself. I think that from the first couple scenes, I'm predicting we're going to have an epic confrontation at the end 
between Rick and Jason. And it's well, going to be uh, a who's who guess of who's going to win that fight because if Paul could fuck with them, there's no reason why Rick shouldn't be able to fuck with them. So. Exactly. So we will find out when we get there. Otherwise... Let's be That's honest. really the only characterization we get with any of these characters. No, 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 no. They're, everything with Shelly and Vera is pretty fantastic, but... Shelly fake dies. He does fake die, but I, can, I know why he's doing it, though. Because they went skinny dipping, and I he felt excluded. He's not skinny enough. He felt excluded. So he immediately was like, okay, well, how do I get their attention to do this thing, basically? I don't think it means any harm. I mean, he's, it's a cry for attention, basically. But the He pro- wants her lebens. I don't know why he thinks that you can prank your way to a girl's heart. I mean, that just makes no sense. But. Uh, it depends on the girl. I'm sorry if I prank a girl and she starts pranking me back. Oh, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, but she doesn't prank him back. <laughs> no, because... She clearly doesn't too, like it. She's literally too serious. Yeah. Well, there's pranks and then there's pretending you're dead might be a little bit extreme for people that you just met to like actually fall dead out of a closet. So. Right, so... The, so but, but, but my, the, my point is going to be that the first half of the movie is very slow. There's really no deaths in the first half of the movie. Um, it's a lot of just characters talking, and you have stupid yo-yo scenes for 3D effects. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming they cut out a scene that probably would have made a little bit of sense, but pretty much Vera and Vera leaves because she's pissed off Shelly. Shelly decides to go with her, in a sense, to, I'm assuming to apologize and also spend some time with her. Smart but, move. This but is a good the, move on Shelly's part. Something tells me there was a deleted scene between the house and the actual store before we get the bikers because all of a sudden they seem cordial and pretty okay with each other. It's like, like she wasn't just pissed at you for scaring the shit out of her. I think it all depends on how far the store is because naturally, once they got in the car, they probably talked a little bit on the way to the store. Otherwise, it'd be awkward. So and probably I, talked a little bit. And then at the store, this is actually kind of a weird bonding experience because... They get attacked by bikers. Yes, bikers. Uh, I got the names here. Fox, Ali, and Random White Guy. I thought his name was Random White Guy. I didn't know for sure. I'm glad you confirmed that for me, though. Well, it's mainly because I looked up the IMDb. Or not really IMDb. I just went on Google, typed in cast list, and it for said some random. the guy doesn't come up. What the hell, man? I hope he got paid. I hope so, too. But, yeah, his name does not come up. His face does not come up. So I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Fuck, fuck it. Random white guy. Well, for this podcast purposes, random white guy. Uh, just so everyone knows, random white guy's name is actually Luco or Loco. So I'm guessing he's crazy. But, you know, um, so it makes sense. Random white guy. I'm going to call him Four Loco. I'm going to call him random white guy. Um, Shelly shows some character development here because. He runs over bikes. Hey, look. Like the dick he is. No, he was being bullied and he fought back against the bullies. He didn't fight back. He ran over the bikes, fighting back. You wanted him to... out of the car all right. and beating the shit all right. out of all right. all right, we know from the history that we know you've killed many people <laughs> and you have you always kill the bullies, your plan of getting back at them. But Shelly did it the right way. He scared them and then drove off. That's the he way He didn't scare them because they followed him to Higgins Haven to siphon out gas to burn the barn down. I don't think so. I will say this. When they get to the thing, Ali says something genuinely that makes me think that he's not a bad guy. No he, one's going to get hurt. He tells his girl no one's going to get hurt, but he's very serious when he said that. He has no intention to actually hurt anybody. No. He just wants to even the score. Well, yeah, but again... I can see that Ali's a good dude, actually. But burning down an empty bar, no one is going to get hurt. And, and but, he kind of gets a payback 
a little over than his bike getting ran over. And by the way, I wanted to mention at the store, it was really his girl that was being a dick. Uh, Fox was being a dick at the store. Yes. Um, holding the wallet, all that stuff like that. Ali really didn't do anything bad until Shelly, as you said, like... Ran over the bike. Yeah. Because then he punched out the windows. And then Rick's like, what happened to my windows? Oh, don't worry. Uh, 20 should cover. It's like, who? But what's funny, I'll say this, though, is when Shelly was trying to drive away, Ali was running to his bike. So was he going to try to like, chase them down or something like that? That did seem a little bit extreme. When Shelly came back, he actually stopped him from following him. It's actually a good move. Well, apparently not because they found him. Yeah, how the hell? I, it must have been like a stray <laughs> shot down the road, and there's uh, Higgins Haven because they show up like five minutes later. I don't know, but and by the way, if they're trying to be hidden and be like um, incognito, why the hell is Fox so interested in this damn barn? She sees the barn, she's like, "Oh my god, a barn!" It's like it's not a carnival; it's a damn well barn. Who knows? They could just be traveling bikers, and she's never been to the countryside, never seen a barn. She has no reason to go inside the barn like an idiot. She's hoping for horses. Yeah, she's going to get a horse, all right. A sackhead horse. <laughs> <laughs> and then her dumb ass is swinging off the rope. Whee! And then she dies. Yeah, and then, okay, and random white guy, he what dies. are you doing walking in the barn? Well, now he's going he's like, in there to like, get Fox. He's like, what the hell? You walk in, what do you... See, what do you think what, happened to her? This is why I feel like they were If planning, you think something bad happened to her, why are you walking in? This is why I feel like they were planning on burning the barn down. Because why would he walk to the barn after I, siphoning out I the honestly gas? think they were just siphoning the gas. I think they were just literally... What, they're going to just hide the gas in the barn? Maybe. They, yeah. had, they had the gas tanks. They weren't going to burn a whole barn down. They're not crazy. Well, no one's going to get hurt as long as no one gets close. I think that's risky as hell to barn the barn. If anything happens with someone running the barn, the barn burns down, they're on trial for murder. I don't think they're doing that. Um, I think they're just well, typing the gas. They most likely would have left after that. Set the barn on blaze and then took off. Ali got his revenge. He doesn't even need to see it. This biker, these bikers dying, it's so funny because... Except Ali, he gets knocked out. Yeah, but it was all self-inflicted because if they don't go in the barn... Jason wasn't coming out of the barn after them. Jason was actually just chilling in the barn, and they come into where he's chilling at, where he's hiding. Jason was not coming out that barn to kill them. They killed themselves by one by one. And then Ali, what are you doing walking the barn? Look, now he's looking for his girlfriend and his buddy. His buddy drops on. Well, top he's really of looking for his girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't care about the white dude. Well, that's because it's random white guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like Fox, but he's not really um. But then he get he sees Jason. Now this tries is a, to fight. This is a great scene. He sees Jason. Finally, a smart character. He immediately picks up the first weapon he finds. I thought I was always wondering, like when he walks in the thing, right? It felt like Jason came out of nowhere. But on the Blu-ray, I can see Jason was hiding behind a sack in the corner. Mm-hmm. So when he sees Jason, it's a pretty quick. Oh yeah, and then. And why doesn't Jason kill him? He just beats him. <laughs> I feel like this would have been a better death for Ali just because what we actually get his death is kind of stupid. I, so do you want to real quick cut to that just so we can talk about Ali in general real quick? So Ali's death is... There's two ways to look at his death. <laughs> so here's how I look at it. It was stupid what happened, but here's how the fans see it. They feel like ultimately the only reason... That Chris survives part three 
is because Ali, with whatever, gave her that temporary distraction for Jason to do that, and then when he turns around, he the gets... axe goes in his head. But yeah, granted, so, I mean, that is the reason. So basically, Ali, I don't think he was trying to sacrifice himself. He didn't give a fuck about Chris. But as it turns out, if he didn't come in for that temporary moment... She was about to die. Oh, yeah. And to be honest so he, with so you... So he, he is the MVP, basically. So. And to be honest with you, I would have rather her die and Ollie not get this sacrificial, stupid-ass death. I would have liked the death better if it wasn't just... His, if it was like his maybe, hand getting chopped off is just stupid. If maybe he actually got a few blows on that Jason and Jason just knocks his head off. Well, it made Ollie look stupid because if Ollie wakes up, and if you wake up and you see what's going on... I'm tiptoeing right out the barn, <laughs> going back to my bike. I don't think, knowing what he knows. Fuck these crazy white people. I don't think he's like, come here, man. Oh, my hand. Anyways, yeah. let's go back. I just wanted to give Ali justice in terms of like, I mean, he's really the last survivor, basically, outside of Chris. So, anyway, well, so. so now we get Chris's backstory. Everyone hold your horses. Jason has sexual feelings. This scene it's of any awkward. scene makes no sense of the rest of the series it's because it's very awkward and 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 there was a lot of um pushback from the lead actresses the lead actress who played uh well isn't it because the, she's Mormon yeah the actress played Chris she didn't want to like even hint at the idea of rape per se but so they're kind of in a weird in between place where we don't know what happened because Jason's attacking her and then she passes out. And I'm just thinking, like, okay, what we know of Jason, would that stop Jason from then killing her? Like, how does she get out of that? If she passes out and Jason's there, how, do you, how does she survive? Well, this is, to be honest... Unless he took her hostage. Which since Jason is mentally ill, uh, when she passed out, he probably thought, oh, I just scared her to death. I'm going to walk away now. Anyone, if you're sleeping, you must be dead. So I'm walking away now. But maybe he was just trying to kill her. I don't know. It is weird. It's like a different character. It's weird. Even the part it's, two Jason would have done that. It's out of place. So that that whole backstory, like when we get into what I would take out, I would just take that whole thing out. I don't think it actually... It's the Alice thing too. If that happened, like why, why are you even coming back here, first of all? Right. But I don't think that adds anything to the movie. So I got a question for you. Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, did you ever hear the car on or did you just see lights? Ah, because and it's really, I don't know. It's really minuscule, but it kind of shows me that Rick is a dumbass. He's definitely just a musclehead because anyone who knows cars knows if you don't have the car running and you have your electricity in the car going, but the car not running, battery gonna die. I mean, I I think he's probably never changed a tire because. <laughs> When Vera and Shelly come back from the store and his reaction is like, my poor car. The way he says it makes you hate the character. Right. He's not asking them, like, what happened to you guys? He's just like, my poor car. It's like, maybe they got attacked. Like, I want you to ask them how they are. Asshole. But still, and then he's so surprised that the battery died. He goes, oh, damn it, my battery died again. It's like, bitch, maybe you didn't leave the fucking lights on with your car off. Yeah, the, the battery would not be dead. The longer the movie goes, the more I'm starting to think, Maybe he's not the one to protect Chris and have this epic battle with Jason at the end. Maybe not. Maybe it's Shelly. Oh, wait. He gets an off-screen kill. Maybe it's Vera. No. Oh, she gets shot in the face with a harpoon gun. That's a good death because it's actually... First of all, it's the first... This is how Jason gets his mask. Yeah. Finally, they realize that, hey, 
There's no longevity in Saka, Jason. <laughs> we can't, well, he doesn't can't... even have a sack in this movie because he got destroyed in the previous one. Yeah, he let go of the, the whole sack thing. He was willing to just go like straight up. Face. Face. Ugly ass Jason face. Which in part two had long hair and this one does not have any hair. Yes. He just got a haircut between part two and three? Yes. Shaved his head? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Shelly's death. It's off screen. That's horrible. Also, that character deserved an on-screen death. Also, I got a question. I know Shelly uh, is a prankster, but he even says to himself as he's calling out to Andy, he's like, Andy, are you doing any there, anything in there I shouldn't see? And then walks right on in. He's like, so you are going to walk in on your boy that you believe is having sex with his girlfriend in the barn and just think nothing of it? I got even more for that, though. Shelly strikes me as somebody. I'm just going to go project his background. To me, and it's not just because of the pranks, just even like the mask. It's probably because he reminds himself as fake. No. <laughs> I'm guessing Shelly actually watches horror movies and knows horror movies. He just feels like the type of person who like, knows horror movies. Well, and this is a horror movie. Horror movies do not exist in this day and age. Yeah, okay, maybe. But <laughs> he would have some awareness a little bit about that. But the thing, too, is like... To add on your point, he walks in the barn. He locks the door behind him. What the hell, man? Why would you walk in? You don't sit in there. Why the hell would you close the door behind you and lock it? So this is why I say horror movies do not have horror movies. There's no way they can. Otherwise, all these characters would be self-reliant on themselves to know, hey, I walk in this barn. I'm going to die. This movie has way too much relying on people coming into the fucking barn. <laughs> like, this barn is used so... It's relied upon so heavily in this movie. Including the climax. Yeah, like, my God. Like, all these characters walk in the barn and die. It's not even Jason walking around killing them. I honestly... I almost have this idea. Children of the corn. I almost have this idea that Jason actually was going to leave them alone if not for them to keep coming <laughs> into the fucking barn. He was just hanging in the barn the whole time. He never actually comes out to kill them. Children of the corn. Pretty sure there was a Children of the Corn movie where all the children did everything in a fucking barn. Well, that was. I one mean, of, I've only seen five. Of that the was movies, one of the so. sequels that nobody's ever seen. So yeah, I've only seen like five of the movies, and I do remember movie number five had them fighting the lead child on top of a wa- one of those water towers that had flaming pits of fire in it. Well, actually, I got a really good theory. Think about this. And this makes sense with the movie. And what, my theories aren't good? No. Fuck I, got a, I got a good theory. Actually. I hate you. Think about this. <laughs> Jason, without the sack, is like somehow shy and stays in the barn. But once he gets Shelly's mask, he's back in the world. He's back out the barn. He's ready to go on his killing spree. But until he gets that mask, he stays in the barn. Yeah. So there's something, <clears throat> something there. Well, now we're about to get pretty much our death relay because everyone dies in like 10 minutes. Well, look, I like, I, like, I like Vera's death because it's weird, but Jason's aim is impeccable, apparently, but yes, he looks like a badass with a spear gun. Um, <laughs> Andy's death. Handstand guy? Listen, never do a handstand. Period. In front of Jason. Just period, so. <clears throat> now, I mean, in, in terms of Jason very quickly <clears throat> getting his body hung up above with no <laughs> ladder or anything, <clears throat> I... I, I, I Okay, Jason. I mean, that was pretty quick for you to do that, but okay. Well, and don't forget, Debbie's death is just another rehash of fucking Kevin Bacon's death. And she's pregnant. 
What the hell, man? So it should have been stabbed through the stomach, not the chest. Get it right, people. My, my, point, well, is, Italian, my so. point is, why the hell throw in that random dialogue about her being pregnant? That was just the most useless, not followable, not never followed upon, useless dialogue that makes the whole thing just terrible. It was so useless that me and you didn't even mention it until just now. I mean, I, I was thinking about, though, in the watch along we did because... It just doesn't. Well, because we were watching the watch along and we're like, oh, she's pregnant. She's going to survive. Oh, no, she's like, dead. Why put that line in there? It's like, I don't understand. Uh, Chuck's death walks into Jason's hand. Why? He literally sees Jason and then walks into his hand. Like, Jason just holds out his hand like he's damn Arlie Ermey from Straight Metal Jacket, Full Metal Jacket, and says, put, choke yourself. Listen, here, here's the thing. <laughs> I You've seen a, that scene, right? Yeah, but I got an easy fix for this movie. These stoner characters are the most useless characters, right? Well, yeah, he gets fried. We have a whole first, Literally. I know, but I'm saying we have the whole first half of the movie where the problem is there's nothing going on with Jason, no deaths. Kill these stoners in the first half of the movie. Why are they still here at the end? Well, that way Chili can then have her best epic run throughout the house ever i mean it's more epic than chris's chasing it's more epic than rick's fight scene she runs through this cabin that's clearly an open floor layout plan how the hell does she not see jason on that one level where you can see everything it's not there's no walls closing up she can <laughs> see jason there in the living room real question why didn't she fucking run she ran into jason <laughs> But hell, she was going outside, the door blows open, and apparently wind scared her so bad, she turned around into Jason. When she came down the stairs, she looked to the side of the room. There's nowhere for Jason either. It's an open floor plan. I don't understand. I mean, she was stoned, I guess. I guess being she, got, she got hot stoned, too. Hot so I guess being stoned in this movie, one, it doesn't affect everybody, because everybody ate that weed in the beginning, and no one got stoned. True. Uh, and then when you are stoned, you are just stupid. True. I didn't know being stoned made you stupid. I thought being stoned made you ask really weird questions that actually make some damn sense. No, but you're missing the point of if you're already stupid, then you get stoned. There you go. That's Chilean. Yeah, because Chuck, like I said, he just walked right into Jason's hand and then he became fried a second time. Yep. A little too literally. And then Chili... You know, her insides were chilly, so Jason warmed them up for her. He solved that problem. Yeah. Listen, from what I've seen, this Jason guy is pretty unstoppable. There's only one man that can save the day here, and his name is Rick. Not true, because Jason, I guess, gets him from behind and smashes his head in. What the hell, man? So, one, so Jason already has his brute strength in this movie. He pops his eyeball out. Which makes for the worst 3D effect ever. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, why build up this character to be the one to fight against Jason and then just kill him off in like two seconds? It's such a weird contrast because in part two, like, Paul's a badass. Paul's fighting Jason, like but, having a struggle. But Paul's and then you the, get Rick. Who's supposed to be the badass. Because Paul, when you look at him, is like, oh, well, he's going to die quickly. And then he actually fights. Like, Rick, there's not even a struggle. He's literally just held like a little kid, and then his like, eye pops out. Like that, I don't mind the death. I just mind the fact that Rick didn't fight back. What's up with the close-up on his shoes? He's wearing Nikes. I'm like, what kind of product placement in 1982? is like, they did a close-up on his Nikes as he was dying. So now we get our final girl circuit, where, you know... I like great. how you call it a circuit. That's true. Yeah, where 
She runs through the house. Jason gets to her. She hits him. She jumps out a window. She hides as Jason comes out and then whacks him again. Look, and then Jason also about throws the, the knife. <laughs> you know, I know it's different than the other ones, though. It's Jason, this movie, though, they made a conscious choice to make have him, like, give sound effects when he gets hurt. He's like, oh, ooh, well, ah! I think in the fourth one, he does the same thing. No. There. He How, doesn't? There's no noise in the fourth one. It's, it's in this one. He's just like, oh, ooh, he's still, ah! He's still technically a living person in the fourth one. He That's why I don't understand. In this one, he still gets hurt in the fourth one the same way. But in this third one, he's like, he's actually he's in pain. He's like, oh my leg! Like he's like actually like making. He's talking basically. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. And um, it also kind of helps make the audience feel that same pain. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets stabbed in the leg, you can feel his pain. I was like, ah, okay. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, to credit to the the first four movies. I would say each movie, like, the final chase scene in each movie gets better with each movie. Mainly because it's a little shorter and each one's also a little bit more, I guess, action-packed. Yeah, like, that, if you watch, and that's why when you go back and watch the first one it's so with boring. Alice, it's horrible. Because then if you watch part two, three, and four, you get these epic final girl Jason encounters like they they give them a solid 15 20 minutes just to like chase well hell this one wasn't even 15 minutes i feel like this one may have only been 10 but a lot happened she ran to the car yeah came back she had a hit him in the back of the head yeah a lot of stuff happened here yeah and then she goes to that wretched barn wait wait though there's one thing we missed though we gotta talk about rick's fucking body (laughs) flying through the window (laughs) as if he was shot out of a cannon no. Well, this time it was Jason. I don't know if Predator could have done this. He came through the window as if he was at, like, maximum 50 miles an hour velocity. Okay, did you not see <laughs> what his mother did with Brenda? <laughs> I know that. If that's what his mother can Wait, do with on. Brenda, what can he do with Rick? Who who directed that scene he was like, okay, we want, his, we want his body in, like, full, like, five feet in the air fly through the window. I wonder if they told the actors, like, hey, Rick, <laughs> one last thing for you to do. Run and jump. This right through that window, play dead. This in the entire series, this made Jason look like the strongest person ever. Because literally, to throw like a bigger person, because Rick's actually bigger than the Jason actor. Mm. He threw a bigger person like a lawn dart, <laughs> like he was shooting at a damn. Well, dart. Brenda was also bigger than Mrs. Voorhees, and she's still. Chucked her just as hard. Old woman strength. I'm telling you, if that's the strength of Mrs. Voorhees, what kind of strength does Jason have? Yeah, the problem is, every final girl kicks Jason's ass, but he's throwing Rick like a damn lawn dart. <laughs> he can't throw Chris like that because she beats his ass. So anyway, during the so the climax, Jay, uh, Jason gets hung. Then he comes back. Uh, Ollie comes back. Then he becomes a pincushion. Nice, and then, ni- nice knowing you, Ali. <laughs> and then he gets an axe to the head where he still tries to reach out for Chris and then drops dead. And, again, it adds nothing to me that Chris recognizes him as the guy who tried to rape me. Like, I just think it's unnecessary. Well, what's and, really and, unnecessary and, is and, this whole and, ending. And they hint. And, and, again, they do this weird thing. Like, Jason treats her special. He takes the mask off and smiles at her like, he's like, oh, I'm going to get you now. It's like... Again, they're making Jason like a rapist in this movie. He's like, he's killed all the women in this movie. Why? <laughs> like, unless she has something very specific that turns them on, I, I don't know. But Her Mormon culture. There's one, there's one scene in this movie that is literally, for me, for my money, 
It's one of the creepiest things in the entire series. Is it that ending when they uh, window with when the she's the jam- boat? Because you can <laughs> you can imagine you wake up in the boat and you're just like ho hum. It's a sunny day. I'm in the boat and you're just looking around. If you look at a house and look at the upstairs window and you see fucking Jason looking at you like smiling. Which by the way, that was her window. That was her bedroom window when yeah. she was a kid. So to see that and then he he takes off running and then you see him come out the front door. So it was, that was so creepy to me for some reason. For me, the creepiest part was him in the window. When he busts through the door, I'm just like, meh. Because if you're in the boat and you see him in the window and then immediately like she's trying to move and the boat will move, you're just like, oh my God. This is like the the worst case. I just woke up and why is he? But this is all a dream. A dream sequence. Because then Mrs. No Voorhees jumps out of the water and pulls her under because everyone loved the, that part of the first movie. But right? this was nowhere near the jump scare that. And that first movie, that when she comes out of the water, literally when this biggest like i don't know where jump scares ever i would say this one didn't have the same effect well that's because everyone knew it saw it coming it's like anyone who's seen the first movie knows what's about to happen because they technically did it with the second one too with busting through the window because you know, i just realized all three of these movies ended in a dream sequence true but as a dream sequence and chris is the one out of the dream sequence it makes no sense for her to be dreaming about like kid jason in the water because this movie it wasn't Never Kit actually. Jason, it was Mrs. Voorhees. Her dreaming about any of that stuff doesn't make sense because this movie, for the characters of this movie, they never hear the name Jason. There's never any backstory of Jason given to them. They know nothing about anything Jason in this movie. If you watch the entire movie, none of these characters have ever heard of anything to do with Jason. So her dreaming about anything to do with the first two movies and all that stuff like that, it makes no sense. The word Jason is never set, is never spoken in the movie even. Well, here's another thing. So that's just random killer to her, not Jason. So. Here's, a, here's a random thing I actually just thought of during that backstory when we see Jason going after her to rape her. Um, he doesn't have the sack on his head. But yet, to our knowledge, from the whole time of the second movie, even before then, he had the sack. Yeah. So when in the timeline does this attack take place because she's also the same damn age as she is here well it's actually said so it's funny it's said in a weird way she tells rick she says a line that makes me understand what happened she tells rick she's like you know she's like you know it's been two years but it's felt like forever so the last time she was there was two years before the events of this now this takes place a couple days after part two right so if not literally just two days after one or two days yeah now it's sort of the tracks are covered away because part one and part two have like a, a time jump of like five years. Yeah. So okay, so two years ago, Jason was in the woods basically. But you're right. Based on the events of part two, he should be wearing the sack. Yeah. Well, but maybe we, he doesn't wear the sack at all times though. I don't know. So does that mean she just got really close to his shack that night while he was trying to sleep, and then he hears her? A bigger question though: if that actually happened, and she. She clearly doesn't think it was a dream sequence. She think it actually happened. Did she not like alert the authorities or anybody about somebody attacking her? Because yeah, that would have prevented the events of part two if, you know, they go to open the camp and they're like, hey, what about some monster attacked this girl like a year or ago? Or in part two, instead of a bunch of camp counselors, a bunch of cops hunting whoever did this and then Jason just picking them off one by one. Those dead kids in part two, that's on Chris's watch. Yes, it was. Once she got attacked by Jason, somehow was spared. Her not telling anybody. Apparently, she kept it to herself because... Which is weird because she... After the, after the events of part one and with Alice missing, 
they would have taken that seriously and be like, wait, you were attacked by someone too? They would have probably closed it down and let them open back up. Right. What the hell, man? Chris is crazy at the end. And I believe it because she was such a nice girl, but almost too nice and too innocent. This probably destroyed her. So, And, and, and unlike one big difference too is like when Ginny survives the end, she's like, where's Paul? Chris has seen her boy thrown through the fucking window. She knows he's dead and all her friends are dead too. And she found Debbie's body too. So categories, best performance. Uh, I'm going to go with Chris, damn it. No. Hell no. no. I think she's one of the worst final girls. <laughs> well, I'll get that in a second. Um, there's only one answer, and it's Vera. <laughs> For me, I paid attention, though. Even the way she delivers her lines, she just gives her lines better, too. She seems very likable. Vera or Shelly, because Shelly, what I like about Shelly is he is... He has a character arc. And this is the only movie the actor ever did, and they, they, they took him off the streets because they were walking on the streets, and they're like, hey... He looks like he'd be Shelly. He's an entertainer. Yeah, he's been, he's been the one giving the updates on the whole lawsuit between the writer and the, that. He's like kind of interpreting it on Facebook with the fans about like what's been going on. Giving updates. I need to follow his Facebook page then because the fact that he's a lawyer. Larry Zerner is his name. And, um, and he's also like, he's always at all the conventions. If I remember correctly, he's also gotten himself in pretty good shape too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shelly's a stud now. My favorite. I would have to go with Shelly because he has a character arc. Vera, she does too, but her character arc it holds only if Shelly's character arc is good. And so if Shelly's character arc ain't that good, hers isn't. So yeah, I like Shelly because of his character arc. He goes from, you know, kind of innocent, shy to when he finally actually confronts Vera after that last stupid scare of his. She starts getting into her head like, oh, well, I have been pretty harsh on him. Even though he's stupid. I don't feel like there's a future romance there, but I feel like... They could have been good friends. They were going to be good friends. And maybe she would have helped him out to deal with other girls, basically. And get more confidence and all that. To be fair, Shelly's the one that killed all of these characters because uh, he's the one who gave Jason the mask. Yeah, and actually, what he did by giving the mask, bringing the mask, is actually the most memorable thing in the movie because this sets up the entire... Jason's popularity may have not been as popular without that damn mask. That mask... Which is weird. That mask is, like, iconic. Which is weird, because all it is is just a random goalie hockey mask. Yeah, but, I mean, Saka Jason wasn't going to become an icon. Oh, hell no. (laughs) I'm kind of surprised they even got a sequel after part one. Worst performance. Worst performance. Uh, You know, it's got to be... I'm giving it to Chris because she's our main character. She literally has to be the glue... To this movie, if all the other characters suck, as long as our main character is likable, the movie can still be likable. This movie, our main character is pretty shitty. The only good thing she does is during that final girl circuit. And then she honestly gets too damn scared to do anything at the very end. If Ali did not kill himself, she would have been raped, murdered, whatever Jason wanted to do to her. She's just generic. Like, when coming from... From Ginny, who was like sassy mm-hmm. and going to like just straight generic nice girl, it is kind of like oh. it's a it's a definite drop. But the drop is not as steep as the drop from Paul to Rick. <laughs> Rick, as the boyfriend or would be boyfriend, in my opinion, is the worst male lead in the entire series. And, I, and I'm, I'm I'm being nice by calling him the male lead but i guess he is the male lead technically fucking jason's probably the male lead actually but as the love interest for the main girl never has a final girl 
had, had a boyfriend, had so, to have a boyfriend so useless and so offered no help at the end except to walk outside and get his eye popped out. Every line of dialogue makes you hate him more as the movie goes. He came and fight Jason. I mean, again, coming from Paul, the writers were like, okay, we had two strong like main characters in the first one who both fought Jason. They were like, let's give two of the weakest characters in contrast now. Why would you think the, the audience wants that after seeing two strong characters? Yeah, a lot of people, when they watch these movies, honestly do want to put themselves in the main character's shoes. Be like, okay, what would I do in this? And when the main character, and if the main character does what they're already thinking and then fails, like, oh, well, I need to come up with something else. However, when you see a main character fail with everything, it's like, I just not got to not be her. <laughs> yeah, not like that. The, the fact that he gave, up, he gave up a weekend with, like, whoever, Veronica, Betty, Sue, whoever it yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, he just messed up, I mean. Anyway, so, best scene. There's not much to choose from. So I'm giving it to the beginning. Uh, Edna and Harold? Yep. As you said, it's a pretty suspenseful scene. has a lot of decent takes. You already know there's danger out there when you see Jason just roaming around. And I, even though the 3D effects were shit and, you know, Harold had his gooey booty, the deaths are actually pretty uh, painful because I doubt you. I doubt Harold died right off the bat. And yeah. also, you get a fluffy bunny. I think that's the real reason why you love it so much. Fluffy, fluffy bunny. bunny. I, I still will go with the whole end chase sequence. I think it was... If I had to go back and watch a sequence on YouTube, it would definitely be like the end chase scene. But Every, yeah. Everything before the barn. Not the barn part, but everything with the car and the bridge and them just running on the bridge. And, and also, I should just mention, if I've said this before and I'll say it again. If the movie it has its best scene in the beginning, there are some issues. <laughs> The best scene, actually, if I'm going to be honest, is the opening credits. <laughs> that damn disco song is catchy as hell, and I'm going to stick with that. I, I, I definitely like listening to that disco song. I'm all for that. Worst scene. Oh, easy. Well, not easy, per se. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty. Uh, honestly, I'm giving it to... I'm, I'm going to cheat because they're pretty much back-to-back, and that's Chuck and Chili's death scenes. Yep, I agree. Mainly because Chuck, again, walks into the hand. ha. <laughs> That throws him against the electrical board. And Chili walks into the fire poker because you got scared by a damn door blowing open. I feel like the scriptwriters forgot about them and then at towards the end remember, like, hey, they're still alive, we gotta kill them. They're the two least cared about characters, but they're somehow there at the end, and you're just like, wait a minute. I feel minute. like they were added how? last just for more bodies. Yeah, because it's kinda like, how do they outlive the other teen characters who are given way more attention and time than them. Like, nobody, when they die, it's literally, you don't care at all. So that was just, you, those, those are the worst, most useless characters. What would you change? Easy. The main I, characters. I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you're gonna spend the whole first half of the movie developing Varen Shelley, make them the main characters because that's such an interesting dynamic if Jason's like against them at the end with all this stuff going on with them. Super interesting. And they just like, again, the writers like, they gave them a lot of time and character development and then, and then when it came time for the kills, they were just like, hmm, let's kill them first. It's like, huh? No, I would have killed off Chris and Rick first. Oh my God, thank you, please. And then, as you, and then honestly follow Shelly and Vera. And 
It just feels whether they both survive or only one survives. It I, still I, feels like a good dynamic I, to go with. I think Shelly sacrificing himself for her is like a perfect ending. Oh, especially Shelly. Yeah. I that mean, would that, be a perfect that makes, end for Shelly. That makes so much sense because realistically it solves the problem of like, okay, you can't see them kissing at the end. It's not going to be anything romantic. So how do you like solve it to where it's like still a happy ending? It's like it's perfect if he does something to distract Jason, which prove gets himself. him killed. But then Vera has the time to go back and kill. Not Jason. only that, but if the Shelly Vera thing is in the bar at the end and Ali comes back, those characters actually have the history. Shelly, Ali, and Vera. Mm. It makes way more sense for him to interfere with them and it makes it then ironic that that even though he had beef with Shelly those two still, came up to fight Jason he's still coming to his rescue with them basically like it, it makes so much sense on so many levels and also instead of boring ass Chris and also they would have actually had somewhat of a fighting chance of again Ollie and Shelly cause Shelly's a big guy I guarantee you he gets on top of Jason Jason's gonna have a hard time throwing him off and well, my, my thought is everything... As long as it's human, Jason. My thought is still, I mean, ultimately, everything that Chris did, Vera could have done in the female role. And then I, I picture just something where Shelly gets knocked out, but then maybe he does something at the end. Uh, I don't see Shelly actually physically <laughs> entangling with Jason. Well, again, Shelly and Ollie going up against Jason still would have done something. 90% Ollie and Shelly uh, doing if, something. If Shelly gets on top of Jason, Ollie could have been pounding his face in. And then Shelly gets disemboweled and Ollie gets his head torn off. But then if, if Shelly, Vera would have came in with the axe and hit beheaded Jason. If Shelly could have the kill shot and have the line saying, I'm amazing. If he's like, give me back my mask. <laughs> Dude. Just let him say, like, I want my, I want my mask back. Dude, come on. I should send that to the dude on Facebook. Like, it's like fan fiction. We should send him the actor and be like dude would this been the best ending <laughs> I, I think um i think the writers didn't know what they had right in the characters because like i said i i've seen that that thought i've seen expressed on facebook many times that shelly and Vera should have been as the you because as you watch it now because you, you follow them in the store all that stuff it feels like you're following their characters more just as much as you are following chris i do feel nostalgic about this movie to a degree because i watched this movie a lot growing up as a kid, it was always a fun movie to watch on Friday 13th. I considered it for a long time one of my favorite Friday 13th movies. Watching it now with a critical eye, it is terrible. There's some redeeming qualities, but I think the biggest fail is just that the 3D effects are so distractingly bad because you're not watching it 3D now. You're just watching it like on video and effects they're trying to go for, the eye popping out, the damn yo-yo, the stick in your eye. It just looks so lame. Chris and Rick, for me, are the worst leading people. I don't want to say in the series because I haven't. I don't. I'm not remembering everybody right now, but they stand out as like the weakest, lamest characters I can think of. And outside of Vera and Shelley, all the characters are pretty much unlikable. And you're rooting for Jason for the most part. <laughs> so that said, it's not the worst movie in the series. It's watchable. I'm going to generously still say two stars. I don't think I can go one star on it. It's middle of the pack. I'm going to say two stars. Positives. It's a Jason movie. So don't expect any positives. Um, anyway. What? <laughs> the positive is it's a Jason movie. So you know what you're getting into when you go see this. You're not expecting a great movie. You're That's not true. expecting. You're expecting more either middle of the pack or just downright so stupid. It's fun to get a bunch of friends, get some alcohol, get some popcorn, and laugh at it. 
And that's honestly what you get with this movie. The You could definitely tell that the 3D aspect of it was given the most play. Out of It's definitely the most play out of the script. It's the most play out of the actual cinematography. <clears throat> it's the most play out of everything in this. And that's saying something because you don't need good actors to make this movie. But you do need actors that are somewhat likable. Or at least characters that are somewhat likable. This one, none of the characters, minus two, are likable. Jason was more likable than Chris or Rick. Ouch. And no one should be saying that. Jason was more likable than Chris and Rick. I'm just no saying, one should be saying that. I'm just saying Ali was likable. The 3D aspect, I get the film caused a lot of people headaches when it first came out. Especially since it was the blue and red 3D glasses. A lot of the kills were boring or rehashed from previous our would-be fight scene never happened because Rick find out he's a pansy. And then our main girl just... Bleh. <clears throat> she is a giant piece of bleh. Let me add that bleh and say meh. Yeah, exactly. She is a giant piece of meh bleh. Meh bleh. So, overall, this movie isn't terrible to watch if you're drunk, with friends, have popcorn. There's <laughs> a, a lot of stuff you gotta do. But Jesus. So, overall, I'm gonna give this movie a one. Because if you need to be drunk to enjoy a movie, it's not a movie worth having. You don't got to go home. But you got to get me some chicken nuggets. And if you see a sign that says Higgins Haven, just keep driving. Don't stop there. Because well, I mean, there might be a barn and Jason might be in the barn. Well, just burn the barn down and Jason won't be in the barn. He'll be in your kitchen. Yeah, but, but while burn the barn down. With a fire poker. While burn the barn down, you may have to walk in the barn. And then you're going to hang off the rope thing. And then you go missing. And then random white guy comes and look for you. And he yeah. dies too. And then the leader of the gang, Ali, he comes in. And he dies also. So, he killed your whole gang. Yeah, how dare you, Fox? 